Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. So, Logan, we are right in amongst what people may well call showcase season, previously known as E3, up until COVID came along and the ESA bungled the entire thing. I guess actually now people call this summer, Summer Games Fest or Summer Game Fest, because Keely's mm. sort of attached his name to it and gone, right, I'll be doing the E3 business. So we've got showcases coming out of our asses from platform holders, from independents like Keeley doing things to publishers doing direct stuff. It'll be going on for another week or so and, and rumble actually all the way through June with various other bits and pieces. I don't want to get down to the weeds of showcases because they're so fast moving and al- almost as soon as you publish a podcast, one's already come out and a new game's been announced. It's impossible to keep up unless you really commit to the idea, which we are not willing to do. So I wanted to do a more broad question about showcases in general, video game showcases where they go, Logan, come and sit down for an hour and change and I'm going to show you 30 plus games and then you're going to leave that that, that showcase feeling rejuvenated and excited to be a gamer. Um, First off, because I think it's, I I mean, we established this sometimes during our our chats, but I think it's worth re-establishing it here. I tend to consume a lot of gaming content outside of the games themselves. So, you know, podcasts, uh, mm. you know, I'll watch trailers, I'll watch the showcases, I'll, you know, I will make time for that sort of stuff. I could be wrong here, but I, your your position seems to be play a lot of video games, but don't really get too snarled up in all the bollocks. You know, you might watch the odd stream now and again for a game you're interested in or a, mm. a clip maybe, but... You don't strike me as the person who's going to sit down and go, right, Ubisoft are doing a two-hour showcase. I'm going to sit here and hopefully mm. see the next Assassin's Creed and whatever else they've got cooking. Is that correct, first of all? Just to establish some boundaries so people know what... I think it's interesting because, as I said before, when Ankins mm. is here, we both would consume the same stuff. Yeah. So unless you surprise me here and say, no, I've been watching it all live... <laughs> In there. Uh, no, I mean, you're bang on the money, essentially. At those last. 30 years of knowing me, at last, correct, at last. <laughs> those 30 years of knowing me have finally paid off. Um, mm. No, I, I, and it's for a really simple reason, is that I used to. And I would, I would quite yeah. happily, years ago, sit there and watch all this stuff. But to be brutally honest, I found myself getting burnt many times. I would get... Mm-hmm. We call it the Piper hype train, right? Where you you sort of see something, you get on it, and then it's that like... was the No Man's Sky. That was the OG. The hype yeah. train was No Man's Sky, wasn't it? For Piper, it was. Yeah, but <laughs> I found myself not just with that, but various other games mm. um, over the years, Call of Duties and whatnot. And then I don't know. I wouldn't say I found myself disappointed, but I don't ever really feel like what they show you is. is I mean, largely they're all cinematics early on. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm not really getting a, a feel for what the game is. Um, and then when you do get a bit of gameplay, it's about a minute and a half, and you very rarely sort of get into that. And I think there's very little out there now where if it if it would interest me, I'd miss it if I didn't watch a trailer, if that makes sense. Like, largely, yeah. I think things that 
would interest me. I mean, do I need to see a God of War preview? I, I no. I'm going to play it. Like I don't. There's nothing. Go on. So would you have had to see the God of War preview if you hadn't played the first two now? So say that initial yep. God of War, because it actually took a while for you to get on board with that. Is that where the use is coming mm. in? Obviously there's known quantities with certain franchises yep. and developers and your, mm. as you widen your scope or play different games, but is there mm. a, perhaps a use for something new that comes down the pipe and you're like, well, what's this all about? But I, I don't... I'm trying to think about how... I mean, I do... You know, I, I do scroll across articles and things on Twitter and I, I do see I what's popping. I see what's popping and I see what's what. And if there's every, if there's the occasional sort of thing that pops up, I think, Oh, I might just have a little look at that or whatever. Some games like <laughs> Diablo four, for example, at the moment is being streamed by pretty much every streamer. Yeah, yeah. Like I could go and see what that's about. If I wanted to, like I, basically what I'm getting at is pre-release. I don't know what I'm getting out of it. Mm. Like, Largely, these things, like for example, as a Call of Duty, I, I know what I'm getting there. Dross. They're, yeah, ultimately, <laughs> these days, you're completely right. If, if, like, you know, even back in the day, FIFA, I know what I'm getting. Football Manager, mm. I know what I'm getting. And then there'll be a selection of AAA games throughout the year that I'll pinpoint. One of them was obviously Redfall. Yeah. I did have a little look at that because I was, mm, I was sort of sitting on the fence about it and. But ultimately, I think this is Redfall is probably an example of why yeah. I I don't really bother because yeah. Redfall when when we watched it, we both sort of went, oh, looks alright, well, yeah, it looks like it could be something there right. for us. Like, there's something there's this saying there. We'll keep a watching brief so it gets on the sniffometer, right? And then you see a review <laughs> score come out and it's like absolute bombs, and you go, oh, yeah. like, and I, like, very rarely. Will will it be the other way round? Like very rarely will you see something on one of these game previews, whatever you want to call them, showcases, and you go, "That looks shit." And yeah. It comes out and gets a ninety-two or something, and you go, "Cool, I better play that." Mm-hmm. Like I, I I I don't know. I just you can get a flavour, and it gives you obviously something to talk about and get excited about. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing necessarily, but I've just been burnt so many times over the years. I pretty much wait until a game's out. There's obviously a load of chatter going on in our groups yeah. about things, positive and negative sentiments, and and then you can kind of judge it from there. So that's pretty much the way I largely approach video games in general, I think. Yeah, I think it's just... I don't, and maybe it's always been this way, but it certainly feels in more recent times that more so than ever, you just want to wait before attaching any sort of... You know, and it's impossible to not be excited about some things, but mm. you know, you want to wait until the final product's there, or you've got some very, you know, strong, trustworthy opinions on on the game pre-release to suggest that it's worth getting. And like you said, there are known quantities, or what you would see see as known quantities, whether it's a sequel or something like that. Yeah. Usually, they mm. will fall in line. Like you, mm. you're, they they very rarely wrong foot themselves. But yeah, I mean, Redfall's the, the example, isn't it? That looked good and. Was thinking, well, actually, you know, maybe we wasn't interested in this when it first was shown because they showed a CD mm. trailer trailer two years ago, which showed us nothing. Mm. Then they kind of showed thirty seconds. The more they showed, which was all curated, marketed, and you know, choreographed to the nth degree, so it looked like it needed to look. Was like, oh, mm. this looks, this looks like it could have some level of potential. Perhaps not game of the year, but as a co-op romp. Mm. Hello, 
and then yeah, the reviews drop, and it's just a it's from stem mm. to stem a, a disaster. So um, I'm getting to the fa- I'm getting to that stage where these big long showcases in particular are less interesting to me. So I like so what I like is when they when there's a I don't know a presentation put forward just randomly about a singular game. Yeah. They go, right, we're going to do a Hogwarts Legacy presentation, which they did a couple of times. Mm. It's going to be 25 minutes. I think, okay, so I look at the time first of all. I think 25 minutes. Have I been on the shitter for longer than 25 minutes in my life? Yes. So anything that falls into a time where I could have a crap, I think that's, that's time I can spend just watching it. Mm. I think, you know, 40 minutes I've been on that toilet before, and that's the sort of maximum <laughs> I'll allow before seeing it is a, is a waste of time. <laughs> So I like, but because at that point I'm saying, right, am I interested mm. in a Harry Potter game? Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. Am I? Well, who are these developers? Okay, it's Avalanche. What type of game is it? Is it a card-based game? Yes, for example, in this this made-up world. I go, okay, I'm not going to mm. watch that. I don't care about a a turn-based card pack game or whatever they're doing. Yeah. However, yeah. in this case, it was a third-person open world. Mm. I was like, well, let me watch it, and I can make. I, I know at that point I'm going to sit down and watch something that I've at least got some level of interest in. And I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna watch it and hopefully glean some in- information about it. These showcases where they put 35 games together in an hour and a half, mm. you get all sorts of dross. Now I know what they're trying to do. They've got to make they've got to hit as many markets as possible. They've got to get try and get something in there for the casual. You know, you got to show something for Call of Duty again, even though it's been posted ev- everywhere else. Fortnite, if we can get them involved, then we've got all the multiplayer lot. Then we've got a couple of single player. Then we've got the indie stuff that's in there. So they're always trying to get a little bit for everyone, making this big buffet. But when you get to the end of the hour and a half, and you think there's 34 games, how many of those can I actually remember what they were? Mm. There's usually a handful, and the time investment off the back of it, I think that was a waste. I could have easily actually just waited until this thing was over, checked mm. an article which headlined the trailers, even by just reading the synopsis. Gone, that sounds interesting. Let's watch that. Mm. And I don't know if I'm just getting old and cranky about it, but, but I just prefer if, a more if, curated, yeah. direct kind of shorter version on specific mm. games, which they can't do because this they've they've probably got marketing um, conditions they've got to meet for the games. You know, mm. Sony's one in particular, there's a lot of criticism there, but I bet half of that was they said, we'll put you on a showcase, a PlayStation showcase at some point in the summer. So they're like, well, we've got to do this. Yeah. And they went ahead and did it. I just, I think they've got to a point where it's like, you know, they sort of do these things. They go, this is the biggest set yeah. of games we've ever released in Microsoft history. And everyone goes, woo! Like, and it's all this sort of thing. It's like, yeah, but shut up! On, like, it's been shit for about five years. We've literally addressed this so many times on the podcast. Like, how many games could you actually count in the past ten or fifteen years that have been Microsoft absolute bangers? And there's not, yeah. there's not many, right? And I think this is what it goes back to: is you, you know, you get this, as you say, a buffet. You get to taste a bit of everything. But you feel the sick at the end of that buffet. Yeah, you're sick of it, and everything has got mixed the taste of everything. There's no palate cleansers in there. You've had 35 things shoved down your throat so quickly, and you don't know where what's what. And I think you're right. It's a lot of time to invest, and there's so much PR. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I understand it annoys me that, nowadays. I get really fed up with the, the nonsense that comes yeah, out of the gobs. It's so pre-rehearsed, and I just don't. 
I just don't lap that up. Yeah. I will say, I actually, just on that on that front, the mm. Summer Game Fest that Key does, he, he yeah. did it in front of a live audience this year. So it was kind of like a show, like, you know, yeah. there was a crowd there, they had fucking Nicolas Cage come out and say hello and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, and if we compare that directly to the PlayStation one, that it was just a pre-recorded Jim Ryan standing in a dark room going, hey, this is what we're doing for PlayStation yeah. over the next... I joined a 18. webinar the other day, right, <laughs> for work. I got this invite for a webinar. I went, all right, then, we'll do it. Expected it to be a live presentation. Wasn't. It was basically a released recording. Yeah. And I was like, why are you doing this? It's like, just not engaging, is it? I was like, this is just a waste of my time. I was like, you could have sent this out at any point. Why have you decided to do it as a live Q&A on a Wednesday morning at 10? Like, it just ain't... And I just don't enjoy that pre-recorded, you know, I've had five takes at this. It's too clean. It's too artificial. This is completely a tangent, but this is kind of what happens sometimes. What's your view on watching a sporting... Let's say a football match. Yeah. Not live. So you're out. Spurs are in the FA Cup final. <laughs> Sorry, that won't happen. You're you're, you're out, and, yeah. and you know, what world does that exist? There's, there's, a, there's a match on that you wanted to watch, but you've you've got other engagements. You, you don't know what yeah. the score is. Would you yeah. would you go home and like watch a recording of it if it was a big match, or would you just go? No, it's not live anymore. Like the excitement of being like as close to the moment as possible on TV is gone. No, I mean, I wouldn't. I would just accept that as a loss. Like, I'd, I'd, you know, if I was out or whatever it was, I couldn't watch that match. I'd just be getting live score updates or whatever on my phone and mm. scrolling Twitter for the for the detail. So rather than um, actually see it, you see it later on, like new but old, you'd rather just not see it but have the live information piped in via, you know, a, yeah, a live score. Yeah, I mean, you're just so far removed from it once. Yeah. It, like, what are the chances of you not watching a, a, a huge football match yeah, and yeah. keeping all the noise out and being so uncl- but where I, I don't know what I'd get out of that like I don't and then you'd be so I'd tempted to check the, the score day. wouldn't you yeah. like imagine if it was one they were one nil up but it was like five minutes left she's like I could just forego the misery here and just check the score and see where they held on yeah <laughs> yeah but you can't do that when it's live and that's what no, creates that's the drama the tension and that's the drama whereas yeah, as you say, you got it way more accessible. So no, I would. I've never done that, and I don't think I ever would. No. Have you? I think I, you I, would a long it. time ago, yeah. probably about where are we twenty twenty. I reckon about fifteen years ago, I did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember what match it was now, but I definitely recorded it and then watched it like later, and it wasn't the same. It was. No. It was shit. I can imagine you doing that, like just blanking everything out, blocking it all out, and then. I will say, like for. For UFC, when I used to watch that religiously, I'd yes. get up and watch it live. Cause that yeah. was the, and that always felt, if I ever, for whatever reason, went out on the piss and d- fell asleep, which happened like <laughs> 25% of the time, me and Adkins would just fall asleep and wouldn't be able to see it. Yeah. Both wake up on my sofa like, dead and be like, oh, we missed that. You'd watch the next morning, it wouldn't feel the same, even though I didn't know yeah. the results. Um, but yeah. I will say the only thing that I've, these days, that is the exception for that is like wrestling. Because... That's, okay. That runs live, yeah. but it's more of a scripted show anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, but I don't mind that as much. Although I have stayed up and watched that live a few times, so there is still yeah. something there to be doing that. Even so, I think one thing I would do it with perhaps is boxing. Weirdly, yes, yeah. I mean, I've known I've yeah. known the score, and you can know who win and loses. But there's a way a boxing match plays out that would still make just, it 
entertaining, entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. always yeah boxing definitely, and they're the, uh, they're some of the later ones as well. They go on at like four a.m. Yeah. That's, that's a go to sleep and get up jobby. Yeah, um, which, is, uh, which has been done several times, but no. Anyway, anything else on on showcases or directs or anything like that? I mean, it sounds like we're both getting old and are over the summer game fest. I mean, it sounds like you have other options as well. I mean, you you watch a lot more streamer than I do, anyway, of sort of trusted people that you have in your inner circle. Yeah, I mean, I I I watch a lot of. Um... Ray Narvaez Jr. and he is a huge variety streamer. I mean, I, I don't know how he can. You know, when someone's just got the ability just to play anything and everything all the time. Yeah. Like he he just absolutely loves games and he will just play. If, if it, you know, we make a decision as to best use our time. He's a professional streamer. He doesn't have to worry about that. But you know, he he will largely play anything. And yes, the worry a lot. Pretty, though. Has he got like loads of bank? Is he set for life? Or, I mean, I'd expect so at this oh, okay. point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think imagine, imagine if that was just like you were just like that's all you did, and you didn't have you didn't have that set for life. It's like if this ever falls apart for whatever reason, yeah. Twitch fucking blow it like they tried to do earlier yeah. last or last week when they changed the guidelines or the logos and stuff and had to backpedal mm. that, or they changed the cuts, mm. or some maniac billionaire takes it over and liquidates it. Yeah, then you're like, right, I've got what? What's the alternative now? Yeah. I, mean, the- I think he's probably got somewhere between ten to twelve thousand subs, yeah. like a month on average. So you, you get, he's getting five, six thousand dollars in a month. We're lucky if we get six. And there's eight yeah. people that have oh. Amazon Prime in the Dimp group. <laughs> yeah, eight of the staff, and they only get six a month. So that tells you how bad it is for us. Well, doesn't isn't it, Dave? Uh, doesn't Dave? Um, Adcock's got his- two of them. He don't use either on us. He just yeah, he, he, he doesn't use somewhere- them. He, no, he doesn't use them. He just fucking lets it rot every month. Wasn't it? Wasn't fucking it, Dave? Um, that um, just literally gets an actual sub for Dave, us and gives his prime elsewhere. Something like that. Because yeah, he, he got fed up of having to remember to do it every month, so he just yeah. he just pays in. It's like, okay, <laughs> which we appreciate. And Amazon yeah, Amazon yeah. Prime is a way to support this mm. independent grassroots endeavour. Yes, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll head is. into the intro then, seamlessly segue into that, take a bit of a pause. Minutes later. 20, 20 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, this is Idle Game Chat, Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast. Yes, we are on Twitch, um, all streaming a variety of things. Papers on there occasionally streaming, usually Guild Wars. Mm. I am, I'm just setting myself up to start streaming WWE 2K23. Here we now, go. New character? It's spent, well, no, I'm not actually making one. I'm just going to be setting up the matches and simulating them ah. watching them go anyway that's still i've spent about 50 hours Logan. i'm not even joking in that game downloading things and trying to get th- it's so how that's the highest scoring game in the franchise i don't know there is so much wrong with it, it for the mode that i want to play which is universe mode it's it's that's really bad. shocking i mean i guess the media don't care too much about what i'm trying to do they just don't see the bugs but there's so much stuff wrong with it it's really crazy <laughs> i don't care about what you're no. Trying. no they don't you're right twitch.tv slash dimp digital is the place to go there said so you can use amazon prime and subscribe to the channel for free you know if you've already got amazon prime obviously if you don't don't go out and get amazon prime to subscribe to us is what i would say just well you a, can do you can do but better off just no getting against a, it getting doing what lapper did and just subscribing and letting it run because then you haven't mm. got to keep redoing it. And then obviously youtube.com forward slash Dimp Digital is a place to go there. Idle Game Chats on your favourite podcast app and uh, and on YouTube. Also been on Facebook for about three months as well now. So 
Oh. I don't know who's watching videos, like long videos on Facebook, if I'm honest, but I just do it now out of habit and it's no skin off my nose to let that upload whilst YouTube's going. Mm. So there you go. Anyway, the most direct way to do it, though, would be patreon.com forward slash Digital. You can join the community and support this grassroots independent endeavour. So do that. Anyway, that's the intro done after 20 odd minutes. Very good. I think that's a record, in fact. I we... you forgot that we had to do the intro. I was oh. just going to keep waffling away. So I wanted to just touch on this Apple Vision Pro. Just, mm-hmm. for, just for a couple of minutes, only because yep. it's, there's, there's, I don't want to go for the whole thing. It's really, it's it's Ready Player One jobby stuff. Now you've not seen the the, the tech itself. I've described it to you, and I just wanted mm. to speak about it from a pure gaming perspective and how it seems to be set up. And that you pop these AR goggles on, um, you don't have a real life TV in front of you. Instead, it, it kind of it kind of projects in a screen that you can adjust the size of. You can make it panoramic. You can do all this sort of stuff. And you'll be you could essentially stream a game directly to that with these with these goggles on. What was interesting actually during the little showcase they did, the controller he picks up was a PS5 controller, and I was like, oh, someone's because that doesn't just happen. They don't just go, Andrew, pick a controller out. Like someone has to go to Sony or Microsoft and say, right, we want to use your controller, or do you want or do you want your controller to be featured? And they go, yeah. 500 grit. I, I can 100% bet you that Apple made a decision they didn't want to go up against Microsoft. They didn't want to endorse Microsoft because there's a historic battle, isn't there, between Apple and Microsoft. Interesting, um, yes. So I can bet your, you can bet your ass that they went, no, nah, we'll go and approach Jim. We're going to play, and Jim went, "Yep, have that." Mm. Anyway, mm. that is that. But so it's the the idea of this thing is that it will it could potentially replace a screen. Like I'm looking at here. I'm looking at your idea on this fucking physical screen here. Yeah, and it's, yeah. set, it's 27 inches. I ain't even going to change that. There's nothing I can do about it unless I go on Amazon and go look. Is 800 quid? I want to get myself a new screen. Yeah. Is there any? This is a really loaded question because I feel like if I'd asked you this 20 years ago or whenever whenever the iPhone first became a thing, mm. we'd have all said, that's fucking mental. You, That's never going to take off, you idiot. Because, yeah. No one's mm. going to pay $1,000 for a phone, first of all, you morons, every year. That's really stupid. And who the fuck's going to buy a phone with no fucking keyboard on it? <laughs> and here we are, literally sitting here living it. So this is a loaded question, but is there, do you think there is an appeal to perhaps one day popping on a pair of goggles, not having a display in front of you, taking the streaming technology one step further? Because again, there's no console here. This is all just being piped in through 5G or brain rot, whatever they've decided to to pump out into people's heads. And you can adjust the screen on the fly and you know, you're off and you're running. You're, you, essentially, you can sit on a plane and do all this and be laughing. It's tricky. I always say so it's we'll tricky record, I will keep this and then in 10 years yeah, go, look know, what he yeah. said, moron. I know you will. I think that Apple, if it was anyone else, and I think we've been here before, right? Yeah. Microsoft released them goggles, didn't they? Those fucking the glasses. HoloLens, yeah. And Where's that gone? Google right? Glass as well. They did a Google Glass. Really so we'll go at it. We've, we've been here before. The one thing, and I said this to you off air, that Apple do well is take... A, take technology that's out there in some form. I wouldn't say this will bite me in the ass. I wouldn't say they're huge innovators. Cool. I don't think I don't think they completely come up with things out of the blue. But what they do do is get a bit of technology or get something that's out there and go right. How can we 
make this saleable and how can we get people to buy it, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at the iPhone, you know, I think you'd argue that's a really revolutionary re- revolutionary bit of tech. Oh, yeah. The iPad. No one was doing these pads really before, but they got it and made it something that people like should have in their life. Yeah. Right? The iPhone, the iPad, AirPods. Like, iPod. Yeah, iPods. Like, it's, they, they take something that's there and then... Which they Make killed off saleable. themselves. Well, they did, yeah. <laughs> they just replace it, don't they? One of the, yeah. one of the I'm just going to cut it just a quick aside. Some people are speculating this this Vision Pro might replace the iPhone in 15, 20 years. Like you'd have a pair of goggles yeah. rather than an actual phone. And I, I, you know, again, the knee-jerk reaction is nonsense, but mm. if, you, if you said to me the iPod's going to go away one day and won't, you'll have better tech to use it, I'd have gone, what are you talking about? Mm. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know what we don't know at this stage. Anyway, continue. No, no, it's a fair point, and I, I don't, I wouldn't ever say that using something like an augmented reality headset or having some. I think inevitably we're going to become more ingrained with technology in one way. Give me that I mean, chip in my head. Well, there's that that's coming. Elon will give you that. No problem. <laughs> Twitting, Twitter really into there. face, don't straight into work. the brain. Yeah, um, but I think there's there is some use case for it. Do I at the moment for the average person see it ever taking off? Like, no. But 10, 15, 20 years' time, it, it could well do. I think it's just got to have, uh, it's got to be accessible and it's got to have a better use than what we've got already. Like, how does it make what I'm doing? And this is the problem I've got with headsets. And if we bring it back to gaming specifically, yeah. is how would me playing with that headset on my head make Football Manager better? How would it make Call of Duty better? How would it make Call of God of War better than what I'm doing at the moment? Like, yeah. And I think that's the real trouble is that we've grown over the past 40 years to do gaming in this way, hand, controller, Screen. TV, console, yeah. right? And it works. So what is going to come along and add another layer that makes and disrupts that setup? I think that's the key thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure it's there yet. I said to you many a times, I know we want to spend a couple of minutes, but the last point, I said mm. to you many times before that I think PCs, you'll plug into a wall, you won't have a tower anymore, with all you, like, or you won't have to have that. You should be able to plug this monitor into the wall, into the internet, and stream a version of something that you can yeah. use as a, an operating system. And I, I thought that was coming 10 years mm. ago. And there was talk that Microsoft was going to bin off doing all this desktop-based stuff and whatnot. And ultimately, everyone still likes it. That's the yeah. problem is everyone likes having and building their own PC and having it in their house. And, you know, and I think that's the problem for some of this stuff is people like what they've got. So you have to give them a reason and a better reason financially, whatever it is, to transition over to something else. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, these, are all, these are all good points. It's a, see, I'll be, I'll be interested to see. I mean, it's $3,500, this thing. Um, so it's, it really is yeah. it's made for a very small subset of people. But, you know, why Why not? They've proven nearly everyone wrong multiple times over the years. And who, yeah. who really knows? Maybe one day we'll all be walking around with goggles on our head. One thing I would Apple say... Apple seems to have the ability, even if it's shit, to be able to sell it. Yeah. Like, that's the thing with Apple is... This it, thing will sell somehow... I mean, they're only making like 150k yeah, yeah. apparently. I mean, this thing yeah. will go because it's just to be a luxury item. Um and it's but Apple. It's Apple. Yeah, you've got a baked-in kind of fan base that will do that. And yeah. um, the only the only time the, this 
for this actually to, we're going off piste again which I didn't want to do but for this thing to actually become like a mainstream hit it has to be can you imagine walking around London with one of these on your head and being like one of you like only you know one in ten people have one you get fucking robbed well, I mean, there's you can't that. you can't wander around yeah. like it's it's going to be one of those things if they ever want it to be this you know society changing thing which maybe they don't they may um, maybe mm. just putting words in their mouth but at that point everyone's got to be able to sort of have one and be able to afford one so that yeah. you don't you're not the outlier having it on because you become a target for those dirty yeah, yeah. thieves it's like yeah, yeah. you know if, if if you know more than seventy percent of people had them it's a different mm. story but you ain't going to get on the train with this I don't think and go down the pub and then have a few drinks and then go home and think, oh, I'll watch my TV show on the way on that night train. Fuck that. Those yeah, herbits no, will come no, along and yeah. be asking for that with a, with a nice little knife yeah. to, to have it off you. So there's always yeah. that as well. But obviously I don't plan on getting one, so it's not going to be an issue for me. But we'll be keeping an eye on it. I'll be looking to see if there's any press reactions for the gaming side of things or whether, again, what they've shown is an idea that hasn't got any substance behind it just yet. Because I think it's that. It I, I wouldn't be. say it's a gimmick, but I'd say... I think they've days. got a piece of yes, they've got a piece of technology that they, you know, from a, I'll use the word nerd, but like a, mm. a tech nerd would be like, wow, this is a, like you'd want to try it and use it. Yeah. But in terms of real world application, day to day use, I'm Struggle. I'm not too sure. How long's the battery life? Like all these, do you know what I mean? Do you have to have it plugged in? All these various things, sort of, you start querying. Yeah. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on it, see what the gaming stuff pops out of it. But gaming and tech is so, I mean, more so than ever linked into yeah, 100%, new yeah. ideas and, and whatnot, even with VR becoming a mm. thing, which, again, 10, 15 years ago, you'd have been laughed at for suggesting, they go, what, the virtual yeah. boy? You go, yeah, that was the last time I had a go at it. And now, actually, you've got some pretty complete experience on of it, albeit very expensive in my eyes, but that's the, mm. that's the price you pay for that sort of stuff. Mm. What do you make of this? Yeah. Diablo 4 right. is Blizzard's fastest-selling yeah. game ever. Beating well. out the likes of Overwatch and co. Beating the likes of... I mean, World of Warcraft is probably a bad example because you don't really buy that game necessarily. But, right. but um, that, is, a, that, is, that yeah. is some feat. They've done a really good job with this, clearly. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm surprised at the amount of people in the market that are, that are down for it. Well, but, you were talking about you seeing the streaming earlier, and the only one streaming is 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 Diablo Four. A lot of people are, yeah, yeah, and I was surprised at that as well. Yeah, um, how long it goes on for, I'm I'm not too sure, but well, once those promotion deals run out, I suspect some will <laughs> some will disappear. It does make me wonder <laughs> whether they go, look, we'll pay you X amount if you stream this for a week or something. That does but, happen. I'm almost it oh, does, no, I know yeah. it does. <laughs> they have to declare it though, I think. I think they do to. have to declare it. Um but yeah, I think there's there's been more people streaming it and doing things and interest than I than I had expected for this. Um mm. It, it makes you wonder, you go, am I missing a trick here? Do, well, yeah, well, do you know we, what I mean? We spoke a little bit about that last week doing the reviews, but um, I'm still standing on my kind of square of wait for that ABK deal to close with Microsoft. It'll come on Game Pass. That's yeah. a really low-risk way of getting involved and actually playing for it properly, trying to figure out you know, the best way to play it and whatnot. Um, I'll, I'll, there, I'll still be going for that Necromancer a- where I'll just 
raise things and do nothing and watch them just destroy things. <laughs> well, that's sick on their head. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, actually, it wasn't one of the problems that we had with Diablo when we played it was that we, we got in quite late mm. and there was a shitload of added content that was muddy in wars. I think that didn't help as well. As that by that point, it had been muddied in some way and that may be a problem with Diablo 4 if we leave it too long but mm. most of the new stuff they will go to add will be paid expansions so it should be locked off anyway unless we bought some sort yeah, of because okay. that's the thing about the game pass deal usually you get the base game and you expected to yeah. buy the the extra stuff so yeah yeah keep an eye on that for sure but all, all hinges on that abk deal going through yeah. which i still think well, eventually they'll get there in by hook or by crook, and then putting the my, pressure on Chizzy, aren't they? Well, they're putting the pressure on my finances. There's money invested in that, so they need to be. Phil <laughs> promised it would happen. Well, took, took him at his at face value. So, is it Europe that signed it off? Europe, it basically, one? everyone is going to sign it off, other than the CMA, which is the UK, and the FTC. So, yeah, I mean, we will we will see on that front. Microsoft don't seem to be giving up, and nor do. Activision Blizzard because mm. there's billions of pounds at stake, as you'd expect. Backhanders. Pay it might be required. It might be a little the... meeting with the, the higher uppers and say, look, this is. a change of heart. If we give you 10%, well, actually 10% is loads, it'd be seven bill. That's way too much. Yeah. Don't even need, it's the thing, you wouldn't even need to do that. Yeah. But we'll see. It's gonna, it might take longer than what we was anticipating, but that is my, that is my hope. Uh, what we got here. We've got Spider-Man 2 release dates. I want you to touch on this because I'm trying to I'm trying to train you to go and play Spider-Man. <laughs> so Spider-Man 2 is going to be coming 20th of October 2023. How do mm. we get you to restart the first one, play Miles Morales, and then eventually get to Spider-Man 2 and do the sort of God of War treatment? Because I'm not sure what you're playing at here. In fact, what are you doing right now, other than that football manager being played? <laughs> I was having, basically, I'm having a bit of a game in lull. Spending 15 hours on Football Manager a day and a game in low, is it? No, but it is at the same time. That's the problem. A lack of alternatives. I think you're right. Um, I am. I don't know. I've, I've, I wouldn't say I've lost motivation. I think I've burnt myself out. Have you bought it? What? Spider-Man. No, I, was, I had it... I don't know, actually. I can't bloody it's see. PS4. I did, yeah, yeah, I bought it on PS4. I did then. Um, I think I probably got about halfway through. I think there might have been some boss that was stressing me out a bit. <laughs> and I don't think I intentionally dropped it because of that. But I think that halted progress and I started playing something else back, obviously, years ago. Mm. And it just got slowly forgotten about. Um, but I enjoyed it when I played it. There's no doubt about that. I, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I probably sh you're probably right. I should pick it up and play it through. Restart um, it on that PS5. I do. To to be honest, I was thinking the other day what I've got on the backlog. I was actually thinking about picking up the Switch and finishing off Arceus and moving on to mm. um, the Pokemon. My sister got me for my birthday. Which one did you I get thinking, again? Um, Scarlet oh. or Violet? Why can't I see anything here? Here it need is. Those, need those glasses, Peewee. Violet. Yeah. Violet. Yeah. Case as well. The first game I've ever got on my Switch with a case and a physical... Oh, a little tiny cartridge. Yeah, yeah never had one before. Um, Not really worth it, are they? 
Yeah. The reason why I don't like the reason why I don't like physical on the Switch is that little slot that you put it in. Yeah. The cover is like this little rubber cover that you pull off and up. And I was worried that if I keep pulling at that and changing one, it's a pain. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be fucking yeah. pulling that thing out the dock and spinning it round and do. But I was also thinking the way things put together, I wouldn't be surprised that fucking breaks off one day the yeah, cover, yeah. and then I'm left yeah. capping in with no cover on it. So mm. that's why I've been that. Interesting that it's, they're basically mini cartridges. Yeah, pretty insane. They even put, can put stuff on there that's of. Yeah. Just say you know it's not blowing your bollocks off with graphical intensity but usually of quality generally mm. yeah, yeah yeah but um so, so yeah there, there is i have been sitting here pondering what the next solo experience is but i haven't quite figured out what that is to be honest sounds like i need to find spider-man remastered on a decent offer or something if you haven't got the old disc knocking around I don't know if you can upgrade the the digital version. You might be able to, but I'm pretty sure I bought it on disc. But I might not have. I might have bought it digitally. Yeah. I'll have to check. Um, but I do. I've been scrabbling around. I was actually thinking about going back and mopping up some more on God of War. But I think I might just be done with that. All right, we'll talk offline because I think there's, yeah. there's, there's certain things you need to do just to. There's some cool <laughs> stuff. That's all I'll, I'll say. Right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's have a look. Capcom. Basically, Capcom are fucking killing it at the moment. Obviously, we spoke about Street yep. Fighter Six last week with the reviews. That hit, I think, one million players very quickly. They've announced that Resident Evil 4 remakes hit four million. Monster Hunter Rise is hit 12.7 million games sold. Monster Hunter World oh, is sitting, Monster Hunter World sitting at 18.8 million. They really are. 12 million for Resident Evil 7. 11 million for Resident Evil 2. They really are... 10 million for Monster Hunter World Iceborne, which is an expansion. They really are just on absolute fire at the moment, Capcom. And it's they just can't seem to miss. But it is all going to come crashing down with that Exoprimal, that stupid dinosaur game. That'll be... Everyone will go, what were you releasing that for? You've just released high-quality, popular games, and then this dross you've decided to jump on. But, um, I don't know how they've got that so wrong. <laughs> well, I think my theory is they they were not doing very well, like maybe eight years ago. And in fact, you can tell they weren't doing well because they took a bag off Sony to make Street Fighter Five exclusive on console. And you right. don't do that unless a Sony offer a stupid amount of money, which might have happened, or b you think, well, this just guarantees a decent chunk of change. And anyway. Mm. Street Fighter 6 comes out as multi-plat, so like, we don't need you here. So anyway, my theory is that at some point they've been they've been struggling a little bit and weren't doing as well as they perhaps wanted. With the rise of Monster Hunter World in particular, just rolled off the, yeah. the, the, the money for that or the, the sales for that. The resurgence of Resident Evil, starting with Resident Evil 7. I was going to say to you about that. Is Was that the... Was that probably the Kickstarter? In the, my head it is, for me. Yeah. Um... Definitely, and I think for a lot of people, because they come off the back of Resident Evil 6, which whilst it sold well, just completely panned, like, critically. Yeah. Just no one likes that game. That's a lie. Some people do, but very few do. It's just seen as a real low yeah. point for the entire series. Mm. Um, and then 7 was kind of like a fresh take, first person. Then they'd done the remake of 2, and yeah. that was just excellent. And then they'd done Monster, Monster Hunter Rise, Monster Hunter World, sorry, came out in between all this, and that just got a 
clearly a bit more of a mainstream audience with 18 million sales being chugged in. Mm. So anyway, my theory is that they've had these these successes both commercially and critically. They had a bit of a cash air cash. Someone there went, I've really wanted to make this dinosaur game. And they went, well, you know what? We're not hard up at the moment. Why not? Let's yeah, have a little do. vanity project and just see how this goes. And I've done someone a favour, Yeah, I think it is. Someone yeah. wanted that done and went, oh, can I have a little favour done with that? And they went, yeah, sure. Interesting. That's, that's, that's my theory anyway. I don't know if that's correct or not. But no, just wanted to <laughs> clap Capcom in. Again, not Crapcom anymore. Actually, they may well be... I'm just looking through the games I play from them. Street Fighter, I don't play, but they've actually this, the story mode in Street Fighter Six. Whilst it looks really corny and cheesy, it's almost like a little mini Yakuza game, and that you, you can run around like a, the, the world and fight people in the streets. Like it's stupid, but it's yeah. like quite it's quite long and robust and whatnot. I was thinking one day yeah. I may well just sit down and just run through that because it might be good. But I was saying that they may well be my favourite sort of independent third party out there at the moment. Interesting. I mean, that Exo Primal, though. Yeah, looks was it you that sent around that video? Well, someone so. did, and I looked at it, and I was just like, I don't understand what you're doing here. It looks so bad. It looks like an indie game like, yeah. of some sort. Or really, and they've just done it, and they're going to chuck that out. I, I mean, unless I've got that. Re- we when we discussed at the beginning about games that <laughs> look shit and absolutely stun you, I mean, that, that, that might that be a candidate. Yeah. yeah. It might stun us. You don't know. I mean, we are going off looks, but it's. It, the thing that annoyed me most, I'll be honest, is that I wanted Dino Crisis. And I remember <laughs> when they first revealed it, I was like, yeah. hang on, there's a dinosaur. I was like, are they going to remake Dino? No, they're not. They're going to do this mech inspired extraction shooter against dinosaurs and I was like okay it's not dino crisis but it's not at all we will will see on that front but no I'm enjoying what Capcom are doing so and obviously many others are as well so little tip of the cap to them anyway that is enough I think for this segment of the podcast Um, I'm not going to reveal I don't know what I'm going to put on the end of this so I'm not going to bother even trying to say it because uh, I need to check I thought uh, there's one I've got in mind but I don't know if I've already released it so if my f- archiving has gone a bit amiss I may well have blown it so I'm going to have to check some of the older episodes to make sure I haven't chuffed that so I will Whoa. do that so as I always say the audience you know more than me as to what you're about to be treated to but Logan and I will depart for this particular segment of it and we're going to come back Logan might be there. Could be Adkins, could be Adcock. Don't think I've got anything in the can for Biff, so it won't be him. Although you've had plenty of him over the last few weeks. It's enough to, Sick of him, if anything. To put anyone else off. But we will um, return with some level of a, a game review slash impression. Anyway, we will see you on the other side. <laughs> Here we are then, back to close out another edition with Idle Game Chat with some Idle Game Chat. <laughs> Talking about the games. This time, it's Persona 4 Golden. A shock to everyone's system that's perhaps listening. A shock to Logan's system. Um, I'm going to try and convey my opinions on this. Logan coming from a complete area of ignorance with very little understanding of what the game entails. So we'll be definitely be doing some 
what the game's up to, what is what is the, the basic kind of structure of it. But ultimately, mm. I'll try and weave in my thoughts as we do that as well. But um, should we start off the store page? I mean, I don't know. You're the one who's going to be driving it. But I'm just thinking just to set some sort of context initially so that... And then I can jump yeah. into cards on the table uh, afterwards, maybe. I don't know. I, mean, I think that's yeah. I, I think that's the best way to do it, because otherwise we'll be going. So what's all this then? Yeah, no, I mean, we need somewhere to start, don't we? Yeah, the store page doesn't give away a lot of the game anyway, so it's one yeah. of these kind of. It sets up the narrative, I think, about as good as you kind of want. It kind of gives away enough, but not everything, obviously, and yeah, you'll understand roughly what's going on. So. Um, here we go. The world-renowned Persona 4 Golden promises unforgettable adventures, meaningful bonds, and heartwarming experiences shared together with friends. Now, when it means friends, it doesn't mean other people in real life. It means the game's friends, okay? So, Why does it blind smoke up its ass instantly? Cocky, in it? It really is cocky. <laughs> but then you see the scores of this game, you think, well, you've earned the cockiness. Yeah. They say your soulmate will appear if you stare into a television set on a rainy night. This strange rumour slowly spreads through the rural town of Inaba, the protagonist's new home, just as a chain of mysterious murders begin. As the protagonist and his teammates chase after the truth, they find themselves opening a door to another world. Key features include explore otherworldly dungeons, take down monstrous shadows and confront the darker sides of of oneself as you inch closer to the truth behind the serial murder case. Venture around the town of Inaba, partake in an eventful school year, meet kindred spirits and forge invaluable bonds. It says new quality of life features, including improved graphics and smoothness, <laughs> difficulty selection and a quick save functionality. I will say the quick save functionality just here whilst I remember, because I may forget. It's the worst quick save ever. <laughs> like, How can you get that wrong? Well, the, we'll get into it. This game was originally released in 2008 on the PlayStation okay. 2, not on PS3. Right. So it is a PS2 game at heart. That's the that is one of yeah. the things, and it kind of, in some aspects, feels every day as old as that. Sometimes there's certain things you're like, huh? Um, Persona 4 Golden is the re-release of that. Um, this was originally developed as a PS sort of Vita game. Um, the golden edition so you had a ps2 game originally that's the base of it the enhanced mm. edition is golden this was released in 2012 in north america and 2013 in europe and recently it's come to pc and now it's kind of on current gen platforms for people to play yeah. this, this golden edition and i played it on xbox series x which i think had 4k and 120 frames per second but I mean, the the one game you don't need 120 FPS for is this. So nice and smooth, but not exactly going to make your turn-based combat any more accurate because it's all RNG at the end of the day. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the the, the quick save, sorry. It's one of those ones where you can quick save at any time. You're like, oh, great. That's handy. But particularly when you're in, in the middle of a dungeon, halfway through a floor potentially, and I'll get into this later. But then when you go to reload that quick save, it deletes the save. So you can't save scum it. So once you load the game, so you go away for a day and come back, yeah. that save is gone. So you have to then either quick save again and come out of it or get to the next sort of legitimate save point in the game. Um, <laughs> and it sounds in principle not like a terrible idea. It's a little bit pointless though because it just adds this... Because what happens if you're three quarters of the way through a dungeon floor, you quick save it, I come back, 
I get to the last door and I think, oh, there we go. I can finally breathe it and then I have a power cut. I lose, I lose all the progress then because my quick save three quarters of the way through has mm. been deleted. So mm. that, that was that frightened me slightly. Anyway, there's that's in there. That's an added feature apparently of this enhanced edition. And to be honest, it's useful, but clearly has gaping gaps mm. where you could get yourself in a right old state and still lose progress. Still um, does just go to show you, doesn't it, how so much we take for granted oh, these days. Absolutely, yeah. It's it like, really it, 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 you just expect those basics of all like, well now the class's basics have just been there. Yeah. But they ain't. No, it's it's crazy really. Um the difficulty selection's cool as well, because you can actually tweak individual items on it. You can do it's got like easy, normal, hard, very hard, like all these silly modes, but yeah. It's also broken down to like little sections. So you can choose how much XP you get for battle. So you can have like normal, low, high, very high. You can choose how much money you get from battle. So you can actually like customize it completely. Right. And what I, I think what people appreciate, if they're not very good at turn based combat, which is what this mm. game is, mostly, um, there is a setting you can enable, which basically says if you die in battle, your party just resurrects and you carry on in the battle. You can't lose a battle, basically. You just keep going and going. Whereas mm. if you die normally, it game overs and you go at the start of that battle or your last save point, depending on how close yeah. that is. And that's, again, it's not right outside the, you know, it's not it's not right on top of the battle. There's usually a little bit of traveling to go there. But anyway, yeah. I thought whilst they were coming up in the store page... It was worth just bringing up those two sections. Really good on the difficulty side. So for those that are intimidated for any reason, there's actually a very mm. easy mode you can put on. You can just enjoy the story, which is very strong. Um, but you will be putting up with weird things like the quick save auto delete function, which mm. I know frightens Ronnie, doesn't it? When he realizes that he's, he's loaded the save now. And if there's any sort of error in the game, it crashes or you know that power goes out and Johnson's not coming around to fix it, it's... You know, it's it's progress lost. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. Not yeah. ideal. No, not ideal. But it's, yeah. Makes me just wonder, like, you always had to just manually save everything, didn't you, back in the day on the old memory card jobby? Yeah, and sure. and in this game, so the quick save's there, you can do that any time, basically. But the proper save, where it saves it, and if you load it, it doesn't delete your fucking last save, yeah. is only at certain points in the game. There are very specific areas of the map where you can save or specific oh, yeah. areas of a, of a dungeon that you can save. So yeah. you can't just do that willy-nilly. Again, it's kind of going mm. back to this. It's manual saving and it's location-specific. Yeah, it's like save points, like exactly. safe rooms when you used to get there in Resi. Yeah, yeah abs- yes, absolutely like that. Other mm. than the fact that you don't have actual safe rooms during the dungeons on this, you have to come out the dungeon, save in like the lobby. So yeah, you can, yeah. Then you can go back in and return to the floor you was on. But anyway, yeah. you know, get ahead of the game. So, let's pull it back to the basics. We've touched on the fact that it's turn-based combat, which, as we know, isn't Logan's favourite types of combat. No. Um, but <clears throat> what is this game? Like, I, I want to almost ask it as broadly as that, because hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't know where to begin with it. So I get that it's an RPG yep. and that there's a story over it. and But what... What's the purpose? What are we doing? Solving that case, isn't you? There's that mystery. So you're a detective, is that what we're saying? No, you're school kids. This is this is right. <laughs> so look, <laughs> I'll do the I'll do the actual game in a minute, but the the narrative itself, you know, it is 
it's very what I would say Japanese. Like it, yeah. There are games that are written and developed in Japan. They have their own vibe to them. They have, yeah, yeah They're yeah. wacky. They're zany. Some I mean I don't watch anime, not out of any distaste for. It. I just never really have gone down that route. But some people mm. say that that's what bleeds into their their games and the way they tell stories is a very yeah. different style to what you'd have from a Western development team. It's not particularly grounded. So in this instance, you are a pack mm. of high school kids, um, age of I think sixteen and seventeen years of age, yeah. trying to solve this these weird murders that are taking place, and mm. it's connected to what it mentioned in the store page about the other world where you can where you can go into. The reason why I use that to then tie back to what the game is is because the game's actually kind of split into two different modes, if you will, and they work together. It's not like you. You know, you do one half the game, then it changes completely. You can freely swap between these at certain times during the game. But it's one part life sim, basically. You're running around at school doing, you know, (laughs) schoolwork, which you have stats like knowledge and, you know, kindness and courage and things like that. You can build up by doing activities like reading. You can read books on courage, for example. You can build up your stats, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, you can run around with your mates that you've made friends with at the school and do activities with them, like hang out with those, and that yeah. will increase your bond with that particular individual. That individual will be tied to a specific type of persona, which are basically, they're not Pokemons, they're not monsters, but they essentially work the same in that you can have multiple personas that you can switch between during battle, and they'll have strengths, weaknesses, you know, ice, you have ice persona, fire persona, you know, they've got electrical persona, they've all got strengths and weaknesses. And your bonds with NPCs and your friends kind of allow you to build and fuse newer versions and better versions of those. So the more you build up a relationship with a, you know, an acquaintance or a friend, yeah. the higher the, the yields will be when you create a persona from that particular category. In, in a nutshell. So the life sim element is running around at school and at home building relationships, talking to people, doing like side quests, like go and collect this, yeah. you know, all this sort of stuff. And then the other side is the, the turn-based combat, which is where you go into this other world and you dungeon crawl. You literally go through a dungeon which has enemies that you can see running around. You go and engage with them. It pauses, takes you to a, a, a turn-based combat arena. And you fight the enemies, taking turns and doing all the strategy stuff. Um, the dungeons have multiple floors. Like I said, the saving's a little bit strange and you've got to come out and go back in and all that sort of stuff. But that's really the, the, the two main cores of the game. They are linked intrinsically in that you're, the stuff you're doing in like the life sim elements directly impact some of the benefits, buffs and things that you can get when you're actually taking on the difficult monsters and shadows. Um, it's yeah. hard, it's I've not played anything like this, but I must say is that our cards on the table... Yeah. I, I'm... <laughs> I don't know my experience with turn-based combat, for example, and like Japanese role-playing games consists basically of two Pokemon games in 30 odd years. And just in turn-based combat, not even, not even Japanese developed like XCOM, I played for about five hours. So I've never really spent any meaningful time with, you know, a a role-playing game developed in Japan, nor with turn-based combat either. Um, yeah. You know, Final Fantasy, I've played two games, but that's uh, that's about as close. I mean, Yakuza, I've played that mm. as well. But again, they're all real-time combat now. I was playing those mm. when they're action combat, not turn-based. So, 
yeah, this was a complete sort of punt in the dark as to whether I'd end up enjoying it. Um, and it's a little bit of, it's a unique setup for me anyway. I don't know if there's any, any mm. other games out there that follow this sort of structure, but nonetheless, that's your kind of two segments, life sim and then the actual yeah. dungeon crawling and, and battling. So what made you go back to this? Because this isn't a recent release, is it? No. I mean, it recently came to current-gen consoles. But like I said, the yeah. game's essentially 2008, so roaring on for 15 years old, <laughs> it, 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 like, it generally. Um, I always had my eye on these because it was just... People just chat about it. Like, in the enthusiast circles, I was like, this is, like, peak mm. role-playing and turn-based combat and story as good as it'll get for you well that's what they said that's it's kind of what i was the vibe i was getting and i thought well if you're going to try one of them you've kind of got three choices now it's persona 3 um persona 4 golden and then persona 5 royal persona 5 i think came out initially in 2016 and i think royal came out either 2018 or 2019 a bit later so and that's like the enhanced edition of five yeah and to be honest, it was a bit of a difficult choice. We know that Ronnie likes to understand all games, but given that we've only got three options anyway, we're already starting at three. That was yeah. kind of part of it. Ronnie's new system is basically, <laughs> it basically excuses me from having to play every entry because yeah. I'll just, I, if it's sequel, you know, narrative strands, I will just watch the previous games playthrough. And that's enough yeah, for me. Yeah. Particularly very old games. Like, yeah. We're talking like very old games. Like anything, anything over ten years, I'm basically going to be doing that because half the half remain available to play, and I just want to understand the story. Persona is much like Final Fantasy, and actually the the stories and the characters from each game are segmented anyway. Mm. So there's no real tie over. There's there's common themes like this other world and the Persona fusion and that sort of thing. Kind of is is part of it, and there's some kind of characters that weave between those, but. Mm-hmm. Your core friends, your core protagonist that you play is different in each each each, each entry, is my understanding. And how I got to four, yeah. just quickly, was that three is still a little bit old in that you can't freely run around the environments in the life sim mode and sort of just talk to people and, and go to shops and do what you want to do. It's, yeah. it's like a menu, base. It brings up a map and you just choose the icon and it takes you there. So it's, mm. it's a portable version of Persona 3, which is why it's like that. And the rumour is that's going to get remade at some point. So I thought, well, if we've got remakes potentially in the works, I could always go back and play that version of it if it ever happens. And Persona 4 is very old. Has <laughs> Persona 5 has a lot more quality of life features. I know that for a fact. But it's, Persona 4 is shorter Still long. Still took me eighty hours to get through my <laughs> my journey and playthrough of it. Like my clear save when I eventually saved it down was eighty hours. But Persona Five is over a mm. hundred, and we're talking 120, 30, 140, I've seen hundred and fifty hours being quoted. And I thought, well, if, Mad, I'm, if I'm going to try one of these, I'll take the the quality of life improvements later on if I really enjoy it with five and go for the one that's a little bit shorter. It's still a big investment, but I thought I have no idea how I'm going to get on with this game at all or this series. So let's go with the one that requires a little less time investment. And then at the end of that, I can make a decision whether I want to go full hog onto five. Yeah, I I can see what you're saying. Mm. You're like, where's the sweet spot for me to try this? Yes, basically. Yeah, and that's landed on this one. Yes, but it's bang in the you're middle. also trying to play the long game as well, where you're like, right, well, if I do want to play five, then 
yeah. least I've had the precursor to that. Yeah. And there's some context for five if I need it, but it's not guaranteed. Absolutely. And also, if I was to play five first and thought, oh, I'll go back to four, some of the quality of life improvements they've made in five, it'll be a struggle I'm adamant that it's difficult to go back to some of these games oh. just because of that. Yep, absolutely. And this isn't this isn't terrible on that front. I must admit, it's. I mean, it looks crude. Like yeah. it really does. It, it's a PS2 game. Like the original models are still yeah. there, and they've kind of touched up what's there and HD'd it or whatever. But the core character has not been rebuilt. They all look a little bit crude. But yeah. no bugs, no crashes, nothing nefarious to deal with. Um, but it just looks like a really clean and crisp sort of PS2 game, <laughs> which mm. it, which yeah. is what it is at the end of the day. So mm. you kind of go in with that expectation and can't be too disappointed. So with you as a relative newcomer, if you like, to this genre, and definitely a newcomer to Persona in, in general, mm. what did you like about this game? Like, What surprised you? What did you enjoy? What were your favourite parts of it? So... There's two things, really. Well, there's a few things. There's, the soundtrack is top-notch. Like, it really is very good. Now, 80 hours, okay? They don't have a great deal of tracks in there. Yeah. So even the even the best earworms, eventually, you're kind of like, I might go insane a minute. I might actually go insane <laughs> and go on some sort of spree. But for the most part, in, in context yeah. of it being good music the, the soundtrack's great so that keeps things ticking along nicely like okay i'm, I'm mm. happy with this music that's going on in the background it's not irritating me too much but really the the, the narrative and the, the character work in particular providing you can get past the tone like i mentioned earlier i think there are i think japanese stories and and, and narratives are a bit like marmite you either love them or you hate them. Like, yeah. and I fall into the side of where I actually love them. And I love all my grounded Western stuff as well. I love my Last of Us, the God of War, you know, all that sort of mm. stuff as well. But this is a nice different flavour to that. And the character work, the the bonds that you build, I'm always pulling that out of the store page now. Like with these characters and these this, this core group that you kind of set yourself around is excellent. Like it really is just, just has a nice vibe to it. Like, Mm. it's very dire at times of what's going on. There's like murders happening in this small countryside sort of town. So it's obviously not completely uplifting, but mm. it's just a jolly game. Has some, has a cheerful tone throughout it. Uh, the journey that you go on with your, with the friends that you meet, they, they, that's the, the key. They, they really are great. It really leans into those, that sort of core five or six people that you, you, you interact with regularly. Uh, and you'll begin to sort of, care about them you'll learn more about them as you hang out more of them your relationship deepens they start to trust you start to trust them it unveils some great sort of narrative arcs with each of the characters um the overall plot like i say is a bit out there for some it's just a little bit mm. of a weirdness like you're, you're going into another world as it, as it mentions into the you know the, the store page so that and how that all ties into like the mystery and whatnot probably could do with some work but the character work is is stellar and considering i have very little experience with turn-based combat as we mentioned earlier not particularly good at them there was a a level of addiction that came when i got into the flow of this turn-based combat like i became brutally efficient at times dealing with just like stock enemies that were difficult but weren't like big bosses that take quite a while to bring down because of the health. Hmm. And 
I don't know, I just really enjoyed going through the dungeons, each floor, clearing out every single enemy in my way and just seeing how quickly I could dispatch them all. Like how I would think two or three moves ahead once I've you know, figured out their weaknesses. I'd be like, right, I'll do this, this mm. and this. And watching that plan come together and just wipe out five enemies in one, you're like, yeah, I'm the fucking king at this. So actually, <laughs> the, the narrative and the, the character work is 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 what I really liked about it, and the core mm. sort of combat when you're in there fighting. I love that as well. And they're two of the the big pillars. And I said they're wrapped up into this dungeon exploring and this life sim on the other side. But I would say mm. they are the the key points that I really I really enjoy. There's some really powerful moments in it, and um, yeah, enjoyed the two those two elements the most. I would say along with the the music as well, just keeping things doddling along. Very nice. I've heard that the uh, there's a lot of streamers that use the Persona soundtrack in their oh, really? stream music and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard that's the one thing I did know about it is that people like the music and the soundtrack. It's on the Spotify mega list that I've got now, so it's, yeah. been, it's been added to that. It's mm. it really is, you know, it really is good. Oh, one thing on the combat as well, you got a party member. You got your party members around you as well. You got like it's three others that you can choose, and you can swap people in and out depending on you know what you want mm. to do basically they'll have they'll have their own strengths and weaknesses your character though as i said can hold multiple personas which have different strengths and weaknesses and you can swap these during battle so it's that's yeah. enjoyable as well getting to like second phase bosses when they start to change their attacks and their attack element types and mm. you've got a weakness to that you're like oh shit i need to change this find a new option and tweak it and then protect the rest mm. of my party who are perhaps weak to that it's kind of like it's a little bit like pokemon collecting these personas mm. but you know, you know, in Pokemon, you chuck it out there. If it gets a, uh, you bring it back, and then you chuck another one out. It doesn't work like that. When you're hitting this, your characters hit. Your persona is just yeah. more of like a, you know, someone that you can use to to, to inflict power on them. But they don't yeah, individually so have health. Type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Attack and yeah. defense type. Exactly. It's kind of like what your armor yeah. and your weapons going to be. Um, yeah. But your character will still go down. Um. Mm. And every time you hit, it won't be oh, I'll swap in whoever you know. Odin or whatever, yeah. I don't know. There's all sorts of weird personas that are lurking in there. Gods and all sorts to, to be really? with. Yeah, yeah, it's loads. Tons. Get me that Zeus one. He's probably lurking. I didn't see him on my travels, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, so we've sort of touched on what you, what you liked there. What about this, if anything, did you not like? Like, other than the, probably some of the aged features. And obviously we touched on the save game piece as well. Yeah, so I don't know if I dislike this, but there were times when it definitely just became more of a game rather than me wanting to spend time with the characters. And that's because the way the game works is a little bit like Pentiment in that mm. each day is kind of split up into different times a day. And time doesn't run in real time. So, you know, you haven't got to, you can sit there for 10 hours and the game won't move on. It's when you when you do something it will move yeah. to the next time. So a, a typical day will start. You'll go to school, which is automatic. It'll just run you through. Like if someone on the way to school, one of your friends meets you, you'll just see that conversation. Mm. And then you go to school. You might have a um, a quick scene in the, in the in the classroom where your teacher will ask you a question. And they're just general knowledge questions. Some of them are fucking hard. Like they're not <laughs> impossible. And then if you answer that correctly, you'll get a boost to your knowledge stat. So that will help you in, in other endeavours later on. You can go and get jobs mm. and things that require all this stuff and that helps you earn money. It's, all, it's, it's very, very deep. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, that because time moves like that for the, you know the, the first part of it, you're then dumped into after school time, which is like your free period to do something. And the second one will be evening. So you can kind of do two things a day where you can choose what to do with your time. Because it's limited and because every day in the calendar just ticks along as like a real day would, you go tick, tick, tick. Sometimes it skips forward a little bit, but generally you'll be playing every day, you know, throughout most of the year. Um, what you start, what I started to do was think, actually, what's what's going to be good for me when I go into these dungeons? Like I need to boost this persona, Arcana, as it's mm. called. So I'll go, and, I'll go and spend time with that person rather than actually I just want to spend time with Brian or whoever. Like, yeah. So it became, I started to gamify it towards the back end because because I was scared of like, hmm. you know, being underpowered or missing something that was critical to like the combat encounters. Um, I started to change my approach to thinking about purely what was in battle. So hmm. that may not be the game's fault, but because the, 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 the dungeons can get quite difficult, I felt like I needed to do, I needed to max, min-max it almost to what I thought was correct. So that was a little bit of a pain. There are just long stretches as well where not a lot's happening. Like right. where you just do 10 of those days I just described in a row. And it's kind of like, eh. and be, there'll be no like unique cutscene to break it up. Because sometimes during the year you'll go like on a camping trip or things yeah, like yeah. that. You book and you go to the beach one, all this sort of stuff that they've, they've kind of baked into the, the calendar for you mm. to go and do. But there are also just long periods where you're just rotating between the friends, you know, which brings the pacing down a little bit. And I think, mm. I don't know if this is because of Golden, like there were, I, my understanding is in the original, there were parts of the year that just skip forward quite a bit to the next sort of critical point. Whereas I think in Golden, they've done their best to not do that unless it's necessary. So you play more days that have yeah. new activities in them, but often there are also lots of days where there's no new activities. So those are the sort of two things that annoyed me. The last thing that I think is an irritation has to do with how there are several endings to the game. Okay, there's, I think there's seven or so in total. And the game seems intent on fun, funneling you down to an ending that isn't as satisfactory as it could be in that there's kind of like three kind of core ending themes that you can go for. You've got a bad ending, you know, like you would get in any game. You make bad choices, you end up with that one. You've got mm. a, a neutral ending, which is kind of like not too bad, but not great. And then you've got this sort of good ending. And then on top of that is a golden ending, which they, they added for golden. But, but in order to get to the good ending, you have to do a lot of prerequisite stuff, make mm. very specific decisions that... On hindsight, looking back on it, I don't think are logical. Yeah. So what I mean is I think most people, if they just went through this without a guide, and this is where we go back to my problem with not using guides to, to help me, I end up with like a, the bog standard sort of neutral ending. And what that does is that actually cuts off about 10 to 15 hours, maybe a bit more, of, of potential extra gameplay. Like there's another there's another sort of epilogue type section or, or continued yeah. section that you could play where you get the true truth coming out and all this sort of stuff. But my journey ended with the sort of neutral ending, and I was like, got a game save clear, credits went up, and I was like, oh, mm. that was uh, that was enjoyable. It was only when I went and looked, because I was curious, I knew there was other mm. things to be done, and I was thinking, Christ, in order to get, you know, the, the, the mm. big ending, like, you have to do very specific things at, at specific times, 
And it just doesn't. It didn't seem logical to me looking back. That's that's knowledge I've gone and gained after playing mm. the game. I think it's worth calling out to people that if you do play games like me where you don't use a guide, don't be well. Be prepared that you're most likely going to end up with a slightly shorter version of the game than if you use a guide to tell you exactly what to do when, so that you mm. get the right social links in place, that you make the right dialogue choices. And I just don't think the game does a very good job at making either of those. Or well, that particular path, that longer-term path, viable and obvious and logical. Um, mm. I felt a bit hard done by when I looked up actually what the requirement was. I was a bit like, well, I went far off. I'd already sussed it. And then mm. oh, because I chose the wrong selections, I wasn't given the opportunity to present that to like the, you know, the, the moment mm. when it matters. So that is a, a sticking point for Ronald. It's got up him. Yeah, I, to be fair, I can I can understand that. You, it, obviously, it's natural with these RPG games that you get different outcomes and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, to lock lock away extra content and it's good based on an ending. That's the thing, Logan. It's very good. Yeah. Now, look, I could have gone back to a save, redone it, and I actually started to do that. Cool. And then I was like, no, I'm not playing this game anymore. Like not not Persona Four. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, trying to get like the perfect mechanical end. I'm like, my journey ended with same thing with Elden Ring. I missed a load of stuff in that, but I was like, well, that's that's the experience I had by not looking things up. The same mm. here. I kind of stopped myself a couple of hours into that and thought, you know what? One, it's probably another 10, 15 hours. I was like, I don't know if I've quite got the stamina to do that now because mm. I've already I've already had that high of seeing the credits and have to come down and think oh I'm kind of done with this now you know I can yeah, start yeah. to analyze my thoughts and look about moving on to another game mm. and also I was like look my journey ended there I'll go and look up and see <laughs> what happened potentially um mm. and also find out how to do that and that's when I was a bit like oh yeah you're asking a lot for someone who's not going to use a guide and I know most people are going to be like well I'll just use a guide and I'm like fair play but that's just not how I go about my business these days and the whole guide thing a bit weird. Like, there's mm. some games where you just go, "There's no way I'd have known or been able to do that unless yeah. I'm unless I'm very fortunate." Yeah. Like, I just find it weird sometimes that they set these games up almost like to to do things where it's like you've got to either go and get a guide or do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, it's I find it a bit odd. I don't I don't subscribe similarly to to you. I don't subscribe to this guide based gameplay no i don't I, think it's i think it's a failing of the design to, somewhere yeah. or the or the process something has gone a bit wrong if that's required and mm. uh, i'm okay if games are kind of just built on that like the elden ring i'm like i'm not too bothered if i miss stuff in that like it is what it yeah. is I, I could get i could get through that and that was that was that but i do think there's i don't know i think a lot of it's born out of this trophy and achievement hunting in that people yeah. just people naturally now just go to guides just for that so the developers think, well, if they're going to be, if, if most people are going to be looking for trophy and achievement hunting, then it doesn't really matter if it's a little bit obtuse or not quite logical. The players will just know what to do based on the fact they've read it and found out. And I don't, I don't like that, um, hmm. particularly in games, but appreciate that a lot of people will just look things up if they want to not be stung, yeah. basically. And I think, well, that's fair play. You've saved yourself the heartache, haven't you, by doing that. But I will not look at a guide unless it's completely necessary. Um, not, especially you won't sit there with the guide open saying, right, I need to do this at this time to ensure I go on this path, which will lead me. Like, that's just, at that point, what we're doing. 
you're not. You're I'm just not playing the game. The, I'm not playing the game, yeah. am I? I'm, I'm no. letting these words tell me what to do. I'm not, I'm not making any choices. There's no consequence to my actions because I'm mm. being told exactly how it is. So yeah. it's kind of a double-edged sword. In one half, I was like, well, that's quite good that there's so many different permutations of this ending. I would have just liked, I don't know, just a bit more of a... It felt unreasonable, is how yeah. I said. And that could be sour grapes, let's be honest. That could be me just sitting there going, I'm not happy with that because I didn't get it. But Well, no, but I guess I'll, largely... I'd be surprised. Good, if you do good things, you expect to get better outcomes. If you do bad things, you expect that to come and bite you on the arse. Hmm. Like, there's a certain element of of logicalness yeah. about decisions and how you want the, the character flow to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if it's not in congruence with that, you kind of think, well, yeah. well, uh, I was uh, that's not how I wanted my character to be. But if I'd have been an arsehole, for example, yeah. I'd have got a better outcome. You go, well, what are we doing? That's yeah. not how I've been trained to think in these games. That's ridiculous. Like it's one of the parts it's like, it's to do with a you know, dialogue choice. It's a conversation it's happening. Mm. And I think it's like four four stages of this conversation where you pick a response you yeah. have to get the exact right or i guess the correct or the you yeah, know, yeah. the desired response in each one of those any any mishap between the four options would be wrong and at that point like there's not a lot of difference between some of these answers technically like, there is clearly like a a bad way to do it and a, and a good way to do it it's just mm. it wants this it wants this flavor of good yeah. I was like, well, I didn't. How was I to know that? I thought I was doing the right thing, like, and ultimately, I did the right thing, but still, yeah. were only given the the sort of the neutral ending. And I was like, well, okay, but that may well be the case in in future games as well. So I will not know because I'll be um not be using the guide. So I may have this this same complaint. Should I play another one? I'm back to buy him again. Yeah, I just you know it is what it is. I'm not. I don't get too torn up about it because ultimately. I find it. I found it satisfying just playing it the way I played it, and ended up yeah, where I ended yeah. up. And you know what? It's just if in the years years come down the line, I want to replay this game. I've actually got good reason to go back and then just at those key moments make sure I do the right things and, and play through yeah, the entire yeah, thing because it is, yeah. you know, it was enjoyable just to be with these characters, to run through the story, to have that music blaring out in my ears. Mm. It was just an enjoyable, pleasant experience, mostly. Um, mm. It just showed its age in in certain aspects with some of the, the weird saving and like you said the the obtuse kind of ending choices. The dungeons are just corridors of different with different wallpaper splattered on them mostly like different slight designs. They're a bit dull after a while. Yeah. Like you do five of those and you're like Jesus, they really are just corridors, aren't they? With rooms on them, um, so that can run its course. The enemy variety might run out a little bit, but generally, you know. The complaints are few and far between, and um, it was a it was an overall a net positive experience, I'd say. Okay, well, with all that in mind, then I think mm. it brings us. Unless there's anything else you want to add that you think you, Ronnie would like to bring to the fore before we move on, I don't. I don't think so. I think I've said what I wanted to say. We know that I'm mean, experienced in this game, this this genre, and this style of play as well. So take that with the the pinch of salt. Mm. Um, silent protagonist. That's worth just calling out. So you don't have a. I think you like goes mm, now and again, but doesn't talk. So it says, says no words. You decide the dialogue choices, then the characters just react to what you've chosen. The but, grunter. But the other characters are mostly voice acted, not always. 
So their responses are, right, okay. are mostly voice acted. There are little anime cutscenes as well for people if they like those. But sometimes you'll just be reading text between two characters and yourself. So that yeah. just keep in mind it hasn't got everything fully voiced as well. Um, but that didn't really take me out of the experience. It's just uh, it's actually quite nice just to be able to read it because you can read it ten times quicker than the, the voice. Say it yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's actually a little bit speedy to do that. But no, I, en- I enjoyed managing my little my time in my life sim and then diving into the the other world and doing the combat, then coming out and then going back. Um, it puts the pressure on you though. <laughs> puts the pressure on Chizzy because when a sort of key moment is coming up where you've got to go into a dungeon and resolve an issue you actually only have a certain number of days to do it quality of life feature they could have added has told you how many days but they don't they say when the fog disappears or when the fog sets in in the town that's when your time is up And if you fail at that point you fail the game you have to go back to a previous save to beat Mm. the dungeon so you do have a time limit on it but you're fully know what that is well, you have to look at the weather forecast. So when it rains and then stops <laughs> raining, that's when right. it, it's usually two weeks or so, 10 days, yeah, okay. 14 yeah. days, something, something like that. So you can check yeah. the weather forecast. And when there's two days where it's raining, you kind of think, well, that's where I'll need to be sorting it out by. But right, okay. just write the fucking day somewhere. <laughs> All right. And then no one, then I know there's a countdown. And I, know, and, I, and I know when to sort of get my ass in gear. So there is a little bit of pressure for people to deal with. We'll put that out there. Some people won't like that, but um, mm. manage your time. Manage your time. Choose your activities carefully. Enhance your stats carefully. And generally, a bit of grinding is probably required as well because mm. I definitely suffered a few times when I tried to sort of break Nick through a dungeon, not fighting all the enemies, and I'd get to yeah. a boss and it would one-shot me. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> not of level, am I? I've, I don't know why I thought the game would allow me to do that. But it did, and then I got to the boss and couldn't do it. So I had to go back and sort of re- I replayed the base of the dungeon again to get my levels and experience up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. my advice if you're going to is just kill everything. It'll seem like a hassle because you'll think, oh, I'm running out of energy. I haven't got any items to heal. I've got to come out and start again on another day. So you lose a day. Again, this, this pressure cooker starting up. But you've got plenty of time. Just go out, heal everyone naturally, and then go back in and try again and continue where you left off. Anyway, enough waffling. So, the final part then, this mm. brings us to. So, as usual, we drive up, we pull out, we get the keys and we go in because it's cold outside. We ain't feffing around outside, whatever no, happens. Can't be dealing with so, that. So, we're in your exhibition. Yes. Does Persona 4 Golden? Yep. Nearly said Royale because it's a slippery slope. It's not, it's Golden. No. Does it make it into your personal... Personal exhibition, personal wing. Exhibition. Yes. Yeah. It does. I thought it would. Yeah. yeah. Where? I mean, this is a bit that always intrigues me. Mm. I'm... I'm going to say on. bronze. Okay. Again, okay. we're putting respect on that bronze tier again because this, this is a quality <laughs> game. Um <laughs> It's it's just a little bit ancient at times, yeah, and crude. And there's a few weird design choices with the saving. That's a little bit of a pain to work around. And mm. like I said, the the kind of almost semi requirement to use a guide to probably get the most satisfying conclusion and all the content. You know, there's, mm. there's fucking dungeons hidden away in there. Um, 
is just, I don't think, particularly logical. But they are in an 80-hour experience where I could have spent another 20 hours easily um, mm. and probably enjoyed it. They're quite minor in comparison to sort of the, the good times I had. Um, and I think with a lot of quality of life improvements, then this has real potential. And what is interesting, what it's kind of done for me is, is now I've discovered this new this new franchise for one and potentially a new, yeah. a new genre to go into like turn-based genre. I've sort of ignored mostly, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed most of it. Like it wasn't as complicated. I always think, Oh, they're so complicated. They're impossible. They're not. If I can get through yeah. it, then anyone can get through it um, without fiddling with any of the difficulty settings either. So it's kind of like, it's not often that at this age you discover new things and then um, think well I don't yeah. anyway like, kind of I feel yeah. like I'm set I like my story based single player third person over mm. the shoulder high high production you know I like the odd weird thing but mm. to generally like be really interested in Persona 5 which I've, I'm going to move on to um, yeah. and then whatever else in the Persona series they do and other mm. JRPGs or other RPGs that use turn based combat Mm. I don't know. I don't think that happens very. It, won't, it doesn't happen very often with me because I've played so many different games from so many genres before that I kind of know roughly where I think I would see it. But this yeah, like, this opened yeah. up a new avenue for me because these games are quite good to play. Like, they're, they're long for one thing, mm. but they're good to play alongside others because they're quite different. Don't play two of them at once. But I could foresee myself playing an action game or a third person story game, and then just mm. check into this once or twice a week, and then when the the mm. sort of the other game's finished, going back to this with, with more sessions in the week. Um, yeah. So I've got like a new new menu, new items on the menu that are going to be arriving because of this. And I think that's that, what you needed. More, just, well, more, more more stuff on there to choose from. But I think that's yeah. ultimately the highest praise I can sort of sing it is that yeah. <clears throat> now there's a, there's a new new series that I want to go in and play the, the newest version of and any future entries and mm. another genre to sort of start digging at and say, well... You know, we we ignored this Octopath Traveler before, but how about now? How about now? It's turn-based yeah. combat. Yes, it's pixel art. It's, it hasn't got the life sim elements, but the combat's going to be interesting. So that's mm. that's great for me. I'm happy to have discovered this and sort of rejuvenated my interest in Japanese written games as well. That's another thing. Like I want to go back and play the Yakuza games that I haven't played. You know, they've been, yeah. they've been on ice for several years. Like, it's... Mm. Yeah, I'm happy. It's, happy with what's occurred. reopened a whole new door. Mm. Yeah. That's what you want sometimes. Or well, sometimes you don't want that, but, you know. I think sometimes it's nice to... I think you get to a point in a certain age, right, where we've been gaming for so many years, mm. and you know what you like, but I think sometimes it's good to still experiment with stuff that you don't. Oh, and yeah. And just go, yeah. have my taste changed? Have I matured slightly? Like, would, would I, I didn't like this 10 years ago, yeah. 15 years ago, but would my tastes now appreciate it more? And I think something like this is an example, perhaps, of where it's like, didn't really want that, but but now... Now I do. It's, it's nice. And now I do, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a bronze for Persona 4 Golden played on Game Pass... So that's another key thing. I was going to actually just buy it because I knew it was a long game and I thought if Phil takes that away halfway through, I'm going to be annoyed. But I took the gamble and just committed to it and managed to get it done. But yeah, nice bronze for Persona 4 Golden. And that's that. Idle Game Chat comes to another close for another episode. So Mr. Logan, appreciate your time to ask the, the poignant questions. Everyone else, thanks for your time. And ta-da. Mm-hmm.
This was a Dimp Digital production.